0: I really appreciate the time and energy that brands are putting into their response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Personally, I've been tasked with doing a lot of work to drive change within the organization, maybe change that consumers won't even see in response to the issues that we're now way more aware of than we were before. So I find that a lot of brands seem to be working internally to do wonderful work right now that may not be visible to the outside world. And to me, that's the most exciting thing I've seen in marketing. So ironically, it's work that's happening on the inside, not work that's happening on the outside that's that's striking me the most in the moment. This is the CMO and Joe Podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Ashley.
0: Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. It's pretty much two of my favorite topics, uh, sports and uh, marketing. Uh, But uh, before we dive into all of that, maybe uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself, who you are, who Ashley is, and what you do.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Ashley Gray. I was born and raised in Southern California. I, growing up, was super passionate about all kinds of sports, but found myself particularly drawn to the ocean and surfing and so ended up not falling into a career in sports marketing but sort of stumbling my way into it by way of surfing competitively as a child and um, the contacts that I made and then the relationships that I built through sport are really what have afforded me the opportunities I've had in my professional career.
1: That's awesome. So you pretty much uh, went from your passion of sports into a, a role and career in sports. That's that's something that's uh, really awesome. Uh, so maybe describe a little bit about what uh, your current role is today.
0: Yeah. So today I'm the Senior Marketing Manager of Athlete Strategy at Cliff Bar and Company. And my role is really overseeing our approach to the relationships that we build and maintain with professional athletes. Um, And making sure that we have the right athletes on our roster and are poised to do the best job that we possibly can in activating the relationships that we have with those athletes.
1: That's awesome. What's kind of like your favorite part of your role?
0: Well, I mean, I have so many different favorite parts. There's the relationship development piece um, that's always a part of working with professional athletes. Just getting to know people who are as talented as professional athletes are is is so much fun. So I, I really enjoy that. But I'm also kind of a data nerd. And so one of my favorite parts about my current role is the opportunity to sort of dive into data and explore what's possible as far as measuring the outcome that we get through these relationships with athletes um you can you can make it as complicated as you want right um and at the end of the day i feel like it's always your gut that you go with but the data just gives you so much more insight into the value of these relationships
1: well that's really cool so what's what would you say is like a um, unique skill that uh you have that's made you become successful throughout your uh, career?
0: Maybe it's not a skill, more of a personality trait. And it's definitely not unique to me only. But if anyone on the street, or let's say, if one of my close friends were to be asked that question, they would describe me and my personality as tenacious. I hardly take no for an answer. And I think that that's helped me so much because especially as a female in sports marketing, I've been told no a lot. I remember early on in my career, somebody told me that I'd never be an athlete marketing manager. And that was one of my first big roles in athlete marketing was actually an athlete manager. And I think the reason that I strived so hard to get that position and to have that job was because I was told, no, I can't do it because I'm a female. And because the relationships with male athletes are too complicated.
1: Wow. So do you think uh, maybe, like, do you think that tenacity and resilience is like a DNA trait that maybe you have, or is that something that uh, you've learned throughout your uh, journey?
0: Maybe a mixture of like <laughs> nature and nurture, right? Like I, um, I was raised by a stay-at-home dad and that is because my mom held the career in our family and she didn't just hold the career in our family, but his, in her life, she sort of carried, carried a lot of the weight. Um, she was one of many children in a family that wasn't very well off and had not the easiest upbringing. Um, so she had to fight for everything that she had. And I'm pretty sure she instilled that spirit in me while I was growing up.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, kind of rewinding back uh, now that you're farther along, uh, in your business career, um, what would you say, maybe even looking back, uh, obviously, uh, even if you're a business owner in your career, you obviously you make lots of uh, uh, trials and tribulations through your career, but maybe what's kind of the one thing you wish you would have known uh, when you were um, just starting out?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this is so interesting to me, what I wish I had known when I began my career. I probably would have answered this differently a couple months ago, but we at Cliff Barton Company just recently had a new CEO start, and she said something that that really sort of like hung in the air for me. And it was that you don't need to have the answer to every question. And when I was young and just starting out my career, I always felt this pressure in meetings to have an answer when there was a question asked. And just recently, I've, I guess, I've uh, attained this understanding that it's okay not to have the answer. In fact, it's more fun. To work together with your team teammates to find an answer to a question that you you may not have one for right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's super important. It's that saying "I don't know" is a very there's, there's lots of strength in that. Like you don't have to um, almost BS your way through um, finding an answer. You could actually just uh, lean on your team and uh, find a, find a solution that makes makes more sense. Um, so that's yeah, really interesting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, <laughs> what's maybe one question that you never get asked, Ashley, that maybe you wish you would be asked?
0: Uh, oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, You know, I find that in, in your career, right, when you meet people or even outside your career, people are so curious about your job. I don't get asked as often about my personal life. And so those are the questions I kind of miss the most, which may or may not be a helpful answer for you. But I just, I wish more people would take the time to to get me, know, get to know me as a person, right? Like ask me about my childhood. <laughs> um, the, the challenges that I faced growing up or whatever it might be. I just, I miss those conversations a lot in my adult life.
1: Well, that segues perfectly to my next question, Ashley. <laughs> what was... Uh... <laughs> your childhood, like growing up, what was kind of like your first job? What, how'd you um, find a passion for marketing and um, kind of the current uh, role you have right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you told me in, in high school that I was going to do marketing, I probably would have asked you what it is, right? Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a career I knew existed. And I don't know how I live my life, not knowing what it was now, having done it for so many years. Um, but I, I went into college wanting to be a marine biologist. All of my first jobs were volunteering at fish hatcheries or working in a seafood restaurant, which may or may not have fed into any <laughs> desire to be a biologist. <laughs> Um, But I just, I had I had no idea that I would fall into marketing. Um, and I guess fall into is probably the wrong way to say it. I, I worked my butt off. I held multiple jobs while I was in college. And, and the first real job that I can honestly say that I had was working on the field marketing team for Red Bull um, at my college. And so my job consisted of loading up a Mini Cooper with a giant Red Bull can on the top with a bunch of cans of Red Bull and driving out into the unknown each day to find potential new consumers for the brand, have a chat with them, and then give them a sample of the product afterwards. And through the years, like the 3 years that I held this job while I was in college, I I got more invested in marketing. I got more curious. I started to want to know why we were going to certain places at certain times of the day. Um, And we also, as a field marketing team, got more strategic around building plans for what we were going to do each day. And so as we got more strategic, I got more interested and I really feel like that's where I fell in love with marketing. And, and that experience that I had working on that field marketing team is is what gave me the motivation to continue in the space.
1: Well, that's really cool. So it's it's, it's funny how your experiences leading up to where you are today has a big effect. Um, I'm curious though, Ashley, what's kind of like the the best books or even things you've listened to that uh, has really affected you in your life and journey?
0: As far as career choice, I mean, I read so many books in college. The most interesting ones were always based in psychology. Um, I'd say standouts are pretty, tr- pretty standard, like typical books, the tipping point. I always find myself quoting bits and pieces from that. Um, as cliche as it is, I think it's a really solid book. Um, more recently, I have read, and this is definitely outside of the space of marketing, but relevant to where we are today. I just finished reading White Fragility. And I just, I find that it doesn't matter what the book is or if it's um, focused on marketing or not. It's it's good to take the time to sit down and, and read and learn about something new, read something that might be uncomfortable for you. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's uh, really interesting you mentioned that because with all the... Uh, protests going on with uh, Black Lives Matter and all the uh, campaigning. Uh, it's uh, what would you say? Maybe it was like a, if you remember, if or if you want to share, but what was kind of like a main takeaway from um, the book?
0: I mean, maybe this is oversimplifying things, but it's just that that we all have carry with us this intrinsic racism and that the system that we've all been a part of building and that we've been as a white person uh, I've been benefiting from is, is based on, on racism and it's unfair. And a lot of people are in a disadvantaged position as a result of this system that I have helped build and that I currently participate in. And it's just given me a little bit of fuel to think about things differently, to go about my own life differently. Um, and it's just the beginning, right? I have so much to learn. I'm such a beginner in this way. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a learner. I, I love to become more educated at every opportunity. And I and I hope that I continue on this path to learn and, and grow. Um, and, and don't stop with just reading one book, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, th- I think that's awesome, Ashley. I think, I mean, obviously, learning is where you start. And I, I mean, you're doing all the Great steps in uh, moving that direction, um, but jumping into a little bit more personal. Like you mentioned, you want to be a little bit more personal. But uh, uh, you, off air, we talked about you uh, making a big move actually to Australia, and you're currently quarantined in your hotel room. Um, but how has the pandemic um, kind of affected you personally uh, the last sixty or so hundred days?
0: Yeah, I mean, who could have known at the beginning of this year that I would be sitting in a hotel room on my last day of hotel quarantine in Sydney, Australia, with my husband pacing around the living room holding our eight-month-old child. (laughs) Uh, So the last, um, well, I guess, eight months of my life have been just wildly wonderful, challenging, unpredictable, and I mean, just unexpected is is the word i could use to describe the last 60 of those days. So um to be transparent, my my husband got coronavirus. He mm. got it through work. He was an essential worker in San Francisco. And so during the last 60 days, we have quarantined now for a total of 4 weeks together. We're still married, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um and i just i mean I have been working full time. I have been caring for a child during two of those weeks. I was also caring for my husband who's fine by the way. Um, and I, I think I've been pushed as far to my limit as I possibly could be.
1: Yikes. No, I'm, I'm super, um, I guess glad that, uh, your husband's, your husband's well, uh, obviously the coronavirus has affected many, many lives, but, uh, yeah, no, that's a tough, uh, the last 60 or so days for you must have been uh, super tough. Um, How do you, I mean, if you want to share as well, we also talked about uh, you transitioning from your current role to a new role. Um, Is that something you'd like to touch on? And um, yeah, it'd be great to get kind of some of your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, We, in the midst of those 60 days, made a really tough decision to move our lives from San Francisco to Australia, um, to a small town that my husband grew up in. So he's actually Australian. And while we were making this decision, I had a lot of talks with my current employer, with Cliff Bar, about what it might look like for me to continue working with them. And unfortunately, it was just too complicated. And so as much as I love my job... Um, we maintained our decision to move to Australia in spite of knowing that I wouldn't be able to keep my job. Um, and I just, I love and appreciate and respect everybody that I've worked with at Cliff so much. It's heartbreaking to have to leave, but for the first time in my life, instead of making a career driven decision, I'm, I'm making a decision to do the right thing for my family, given everything that we've been through this past year.
1: Absolutely. I think I even heard the, uh, <laughs> your little kids in the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's impossible to get through an entire call or interview without him sort of piping up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very boisterous. Maybe he'll have a career in podcasting. <laughs> um, so kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, I really want to touch on some marketing stuff before we kind of jump off the podcast. Uh, but, uh, from your perspective, Ashley, what has the industry changed from when you first started uh, to where you are, or to today?
0: Totally. So this is a fun one. When I first started, um, YouTube was brand new. Instagram didn't exist. And I had the first iPhone ever. <laughs> <laughs> so just from a social media standpoint and from a... People being on their devices standpoint, the space was so much smaller. And everything was kind of new then, also. So there was so much opportunity to like explore and test and try new things. I mean, I remember at Red Bull, the social media department, which is now an actual department now, was one actual employee and an intern. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even know how many people work in that department now, but it's massive. So it just like, I feel like I've had this amazing opportunity to specifically as it relates to social media, like watch something really come to life from, from nothing. Um, I was there when Red Bull launched their Instagram account. I tested and flopped so many different marketing activations on that platform and many others. So I... But I I don't think I would have been afforded the opportunity to try and fail so many times had Instagram already been so well established while I was in that part of my career. So I guess the thing that I've seen change the most has been social media. And I think that'll be a continuing theme as different platforms emerge, blow up, and perhaps fade away in the years to come. So I just... That's been exciting for me to be a part of it. And the trial and failures that come with that have have been so exciting and I've learned so much from it. Um, The other part of marketing that seems to have evolved a lot lately, especially is specifically in the sports space. Just the relationships that I've seen brands developing with athletes have, have changed a bit. So it felt like more in the past, brands have operated on this model of signing signing an athlete and having a long-standing relationship with this athlete. And while that's still important to some brands, especially Cliff Bar, I've seen a lot of other brands take on this new model where rather than having a long-term relationship with an athlete, they may perhaps engage with an athlete around a campaign. But then that's it, right? Like the relationship with the athlete is this really distinct, defined moment in time. And the agreement is made and the relationship begins and ends with whatever it is in that work order. Um, and it's interesting I don't really have an opinion on whether or not that's the right way to do it and I think depending on the brand it, it could work um, but it's it's a trend that I've been noticing lately um, yeah
1: yeah no absolutely it seems like athletes are taking more um, control of their branding and partnerships and like you mentioned the the relationships seem to be a moment in time um, but what what's I mean, if you can share, what's kind of the most or the marketers or brands that you admire the most uh, currently in the sports marketing uh, space?
0: I mean, the first brand that comes to mind is Nike, for better or worse, right? They haven't done everything perfectly, but I just, they're so strong. And their name and their brand is so synonymous with sport and athlete. I think that they've just done a fantastic job of, utilizing athletes to showcase the product benefits of what they're trying to sell. And I just love the fact, especially as a sports marketer, that the first thing you think of or see in your mind when you think of Nike is... Yeah, the logo, but you think of athletes. And I mean, selfishly, I wish every brand I've worked for... I mean, I guess Red Bull did a great job as well. But at Cliff specifically, it would be my dream to hear someone say... Cliff was a sports brand, right? And not really know that, that it was also a food product.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. What's kind of the biggest things that Cliff does that maybe consumers or even uh, the listeners don't know about?
0: I mean, I'm probably biased. My point of view is shaped by my experience and my closeness to the brand. But even before I worked for Cliff Bar, I, I understood that they were passionate about protecting the places we play and the environment but I had no idea how deep that passion went and and how hard everybody works to build a brand that supports the environment and not just the environment, but communities and people um, every single day through the work that's done. I mean, it's a five bottom line business and people are the first thing that matters to the business. And I just, I find that so special. And I don't think many people know that because the brand doesn't invest a lot in proactively communicating with consumers all of the amazing work they do to support people, communities and the planet.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. I, it seems like there's a more, more of a trend with brands being more um, connecting with consumers more and being a little bit more transparent Um, but for you personally, from your perspective, Ashley, what's kind of the most exciting marketing trend at the moment for you?
0: I think it's, um, not going to do it justice to call it a trend, but I really appreciate the time and energy that brands are putting into their response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, personally, I've been tasked with doing a lot of work to, drive change within the organization, maybe change that consumers won't even see um, in response to the issues that we're now way more aware of them than we were before. So if that makes sense, I just, I find that a lot of brands seem to be working internally to do wonderful work, work right now that may not be visible to the outside world. and And to me, that's, the most exciting thing I've seen in marketing. So ironically, it's work that's happening on the inside, not work that's happening on the outside that's that's striking me the most in the moment.
1: Well keeping on the kind of the same theme as trends, um what's sort of the social media platforms? I know you mentioned uh the proliferation of social media and how it's grown so much from when you first started, but um what's what's what are some of the platforms that you that that, that your favorite and also you see um, being big players in the future.
0: I mean, TikTok is obviously going to be a massive player moving forward. Um, We'll see if it's still legal in the United States, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's just exciting, right? Like it's new. I think people are ready for a change. Um, Especially with a lot of people boycotting Instagram and Facebook at the moment. I think brands have focused a little bit more on TikTok and the TikTok and the opportunities presented by it. And you know what? Like, in order to be sustainable as a brand you need to spend time interacting with younger audiences and TikTok is where they're at
1: right now yeah absolutely just the reach and just the sheer growth of the platform is outstanding it's uh like you mentioned hopefully if if it stays legal in the united states um, I, I could see it maybe even when we're taking instagram one day um, but yeah that's something to, to be seen tbd <laughs>
0: And then Um, I guess from a marketing perspective, like how do we engage on TikTok? I don't know. Um, But we do have athletes who are quite popular on the platform. And so for us right now, that's sort of the space that we've been working within. So we just signed a new athlete, um, Sky Brown. She's a skateboarder. And she is a phenom in sport, but also quite a prolific TikToker. So... <laughs>
1: Keep <your eyes> open. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the listeners will uh, check her profile out on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and you use that uh, TikTok yourself? Are you on there doing TikTok dances and all that?
0: <laughs> I had so many TikTok aspirations for this quarantine time, but honestly, I can tell you, I have not even launched an account.
1: So, <laughs> well, I mean, you have, you have a good excuse You're taking care of family. So <laughs> that's. You could use that as, uh, as, uh, your excuse, but, uh, what's maybe something you're proud of that we haven't touched on on the podcast.
0: Maybe it's not so much something I'm proud of about myself, but I am so proud of my team in my current role. I oversee three athlete marketing managers and just the way that they've seamlessly transitioned into remote work during this time has been so impressive, especially given that the work that they do in building and maintaining relationships with athletes, um, can be quite challenging when you're not able to spend time with them in person. And I've seen them get closer with their athletes. And they've even demonstrated the ability to champion their athletes' best interests remotely. um, during things like the creation of new packaging where athlete images were turned into illustrations that will then be on the packaging. I just, it's hard to, I guess, articulate, but relationships are already tricky and to be able to maintain them so well during a challenging time like this is impressive to me. And so, so I'm proud of my team for doing that.
1: No, absolutely. Um, I'm sure you've heard the the Phrase Zoom fatigue floating around, and uh, yeah, it's definitely hard maintaining um relationships being so remote and um having to uh, communicate through technology all the time, not having that human uh, interaction. But uh, um, my, I'm just curious, uh, kind of back into the sports realm, uh, is there from what you can share, maybe is there like a sport or even um, yeah, mostly a sport that you'd want to uh get more representation um, in terms of athlete representation?
0: I mean, the WNBA is so interesting to us right now. Who knows where we'll go with it. Um, maybe that's a little too much insight, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think uh, Cliff Bar traditionally has been engaged in mostly endurance and adventure sports. And we're in this unique time right now where, we have the opportunity to explore sports in the professional sports space. So we've recently signed Megan Rapinoe, is a soccer player, as you know, I'm sure, uh, mm. Venus Williams, tennis player, and, and are currently vetting new opportunities in, I guess, mainly the basketball space, but it would be very cool to see, um, a WNBA, a WNBA player on the roster.
1: No, for sure. I saw the, uh Venus Williams, uh, limited edition logo, uh, on the packaging. And that's super awesome. And I know you guys also do some work with, uh, times up, uh, obviously the organization that's fighting for equality. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's super awesome. And, uh, my, uh, my next question though, would be, um, if you had maybe 50% extra of budget for marketing, uh, what type of things would you, uh, spend it on?
0: Well, honestly, and you kind of touched on it with the mention of Time's Up, it would be amazing to spend that budget on something that, that made a difference in, yes, maybe the world of sports, but just the world in general. Um, we've, our passion is helping uplift athletes and the movements that they support. And it would be incredible to take extra budget like that and spend it on building a project or building something together with an athlete that made a difference on in the world and and left a lasting mark
1: no absolutely is there um a particular maybe something for you personally that's an organization that's um that you really admire and want to share or shed more awareness on
0: well i'm a a passionate follower of the climate change conversation and an advocate in that space. And for me, the organization that I've worked most closely with and um, I totally align with is Protect Our Winters. Um, So now I forget the question. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem. I was just asking, uh, since you mentioned uh, making a difference and having that impact in the community, um, I was just curious to know. For you personally, if there was an organization that's uh, almost dear to your heart or even something, an organization that you uh, really admire and want to shed more awareness. Got
0: it. All right. Well, Protect Our Winters, for one, is an organization that I've worked with a lot in the past. Um, I admire the organization, the work they've done. Uh, Their founding member is Jeremy Jones, an athlete, a Cliff Bar athlete, and he is inspirational tenacious himself and and so passionate about his sport yes but going beyond his sport and and driving positive change um that benefits everybody in the long run so that organization for sure and then personally i've done a bit of work with the Surfrider foundation specifically the Surfrider chapter in los angeles while i was living down there and The work they do, while when you're in the moment, maybe participating in a beach cleanup, it's hard to understand the scale of it, but it protects our coastlines in such a way that I have confidence that when my child is 12 years old, he'll be able to walk along a clean beach and hopefully surf without running into a plastic bag.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's super important. Um, Quickly searching gears... Only a couple more questions here for you, Ashley. But what is something that is true that almost nobody agrees with you on? <laughs>
0: that all marketing should be focused around athletes. <laughs> all product marketing.
1: All product marketing. <laughs>
0: okay. I believe it to be true. No, I'm 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 a champion for athletes. I think that um, brands who have relationships with athletes sometimes underutilize them. And athletes can do more for you than, than you know.
1: Uh, absolutely. Just uh, maybe just on the other side of the coin, um, if, you, if there was a professional athlete listening and they wanted to get into a brand partnership with, uh, like, say, Cliff or uh, different brands, uh, products, um, what would be the best way of getting that uh, connection and um, building that relationship?
0: Oh, there are so many paths in. I mean, reaching out is one step, right? I mean, it's great if you can find an athlete marketing manager who works for the brand and touch base with them. If that becomes a challenge, then find anyone else who works for the organization. I'd say the path in is always through people. Um, it's, it's much harder when you're doing sort of the general inquiry thing and you know emailing customer service at a company. Um, and then the other path then is is through an agent. Like I'm an advocate for agents. I I love having a personal relationship with athletes that I work with, but from a business perspective, it's it's great to be able to work with an agent on the brand side. And then from an athlete's perspective, they take a lot of the annoying like paperwork off your plate. And can be the conduit between the relationship between you and a brand in the future. So I'd say start with the personal relationships with people who work for the brand. And if that's just not something that you have access to or the ability to do, then then find an agent.
1: Cool. Where can their listeners connect with you online, Ashley?
0: LinkedIn is the best place to connect with me. My name on LinkedIn is Ashley Gray. So go find
1: me. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll definitely link uh, your profile to the podcast. So listeners, please connect with Ashley online. And um, if you have any other questions, just ask her. She's an awesome guest and had awesome insights. Um, We like to end the podcast with uh, the guest um, saying a word or phrase that describes their brand. So my question to you, Ashley, is what's a word or phrase to describe Ashley Gray's brand?
0: Growing. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.